welcome to Sports Chat Radio. Hello and welcome to Sports Chat Radio for this Monday, the 27th of September. Glad you're here, guys. It's going to be a big episode. We're going to do a couple of breakdowns. We had the momentous Demons drought-breaking premiership on the weekend in the AFL Grand Final. We had a couple of really polarising NRL prelim finals also on the weekend to break down. And then we're going to have a look ahead to Sunday, which will be the NRL Grand Final. We're also going to go through our NFL Game of the Week. We're going to have a look at that. We're going to look at our highlight NFL Game of the Week. It's going to be a really good good podcast. And we're going to have a look at all things football today. And of course, this is what we do on the radio is we give the most informed and opinionated voice about all things football. But first, we'll have a look at the AFL Grand Final. It was a huge win by the Melbourne Demons, 80-plus point win. It was a really fascinating contest, and the end scoreline didn't actually take into account how good of a game it was. It was probably hard to top that for a better game um, this season, even though the scoreline blew out in the second half of the third quarter and into the last, where Melbourne pretty much put on 100 points to just the one goal for the Doggies. It was a fascinating contest. We had the Norm Smith medalist um, being Christian Petraka, who had an absolutely tremendous game. 39 disposals and three goals. He was everywhere. Probably the individual game of the season. Interesting to see that Melbourne did have such an advantage going into the last quarter when it came to their ability to really surge on the footy get the football forward, they had plenty, plenty of chances to really lose the game, Melbourne, in, in the second term when the Dogs came hard, took took a nice lead coming into halftime, but it was it was, the, it was the Demons, it was the form side of the year, the regular season, who came to the fore and really came home strongly and ended up winning by a huge margin. Some of the best players on the ground, it was obviously Petraka with 39. Um, the, the, the telecast did say he had 40, but one possession was... Uh, taken off him at the end of the game by the AFL stats department, but Petraka 39 touches was was incredible. But it, if it wasn't for Max Gorn's game, I don't think Petraka would have had the influence that he did. Even though um, the Bulldogs' Tim English played one of his best games of the year, Max Gorn just got those really key hitouts. Um, they got a lot of centre clearances out the front of the stoppage. We saw a really nice running goal from about. 40 out by Clayton Oliver, who was another one of the best players for the Melbourne Demons in that absolutely huge drought-breaking win. Clayton Oliver was everywhere. He was a clearance machine. And also an underrated game by Melbourne player Jack Viney in the middle. Jack Viney had 12 clearances. That is equal most since the 04 grand final. So Viney's probably had a bit more of a, a quiet regular season. And, but he's had a good finals campaign, and we know how we know how he likes to play. He's hard in and under. He likes to win the footy, likes to win his own footy, and I think he really, really turned up. Um, obviously, his dad Todd Viney, um, a legend of the Melbourne Football Club, he was a father-son selection. So, really great to see that Jack Viney was able to perform, which was such a great day for the for the Melbourne Demons organisation as a whole. And 
for the doggies, they they played pretty valiantly, but just didn't have enough strike power, didn't have enough defence to stop the surge. Um, Marcus Bontempelli was huge, kicking a number of goals as well as getting his hands on the ball a lot. Adam Trelaw kicked three goals as well from 27 touches. He was really good too. And it'll see, it'll see that the doggies have a really strong um, next season because they've got a really young side. Guys like Cody Waitman, obviously Tim English probably played his career best game. Was really good against Gorn. Um, obviously the premier ruckman of the competition, but the doggies probably weren't as bad as the scoreline suggested. Had some good moments. Um, Aaron Norton was pretty good up front. Um, their defence, though, just lacked that um, that strike. And it'll be interesting to see if the decision to drop um, Gardner out of the 22 and playing Zane Cordy, if that's going to hurt them a little bit. Shouldn't really. I think Gardner may have helped just a bit more mobile. Could have maybe stopped some of those surging um, plays by... The six goals from Bailey Fritch. He was just he was just so fast. He he got to the right spots, and I think Gardner probably could have played a bit of bit of a better role than Cordy. It was a good game of footy. Um, massive crowd. Perth um, five fifteen start over in WA. It was really good to see the Perth fans getting around the two Melbourne sides, and the spectacle was really good. The grand final entertainment wasn't too bad. Um, some local artists, but overall it was pretty good. I think that. You know, my, my opinion is that they move the grand final back to the MCG as soon as they can and keep it at the traditional 2pm day grand final. I think that works best. I think the tradition trumps the the attraction of the of the bright lights of, of Perth Stadium and even, even playing at the MCG at night. I just don't think that they could recreate that tradition and that history that the MCG holds at that, at that time slot. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Going into next season with both clubs, Melbourne will look to surge again. They've probably got a team that's got plenty of young players, but still probably got a few older guys. So their team's probably mixed in its capabilities going forward in regards to youth, but I think they'll be right around the number again next year. Max Gorn is leading from the front. Um, their midfield is is one of the best in the competition. And their backline, their backline's been absolutely impeccable. Stephen May and Jake Lever, two guys that they traded in to fill those voids, have been really, really good. And even guys such as Sparrow, who's played a role, even guys like Bowie, and even even guys like Kasiah Pickett, who maybe didn't have the best grand final day, but he's a guy that has the youth on his side and he can really propel the Demons into another successful campaign next season. I believe they can. they're definitely going to make the top four next season. Probably look for a little bit more output out of their traded in forward from the North Melbourne Football Club, Ben Brown. He had a very good grand final, but overall during the season, injuries, form, probably let him down a little bit. He'll look to have a better year next year. He's a guy that's capable of kicking 50-plus goals, and if he can keep that up, I think um, that will be the really last string in the complete Melbourne Dens picture, and I think Bailey Fritch, we know how good he is, kicked 50-plus goals this year. He looked to have another good year, but I think Ben Brown is the key man. Um, they need to hold up their defence. They need to make sure they retain their, their players there. They did uh, sign Sam Wiedemann, their fringe tall. He's going he's gonna to play a role next season. Obviously, a young player. Um, the Collingwood Football Club were were suitors um, in the trade period and were definitely in discussion to pick up Wiedemann, but he decided to show faith in his drafted team in the Demons and stay with the club. 
going forward. So he's going to play a role, but I think the Demons will be top four next year. For the Doggies, I think they're, I think they're going to be around the mark. I, I predict top eight, um, maybe slide a little bit. Their midfield super, you know, led by Marcus Bondapelli. Jack McRae, he won the finals, um, best player in the finals, the Gary Ayres medal for, for the final series this season, the 2021 series. So he's he was absolutely amazing, had the most disposals by any player in history um, this season. So Jack McRae, Marcus Bondapelli, obviously Josh Dunkley, Tom Libertore, and as I mentioned earlier, Adam Trelaw, he's going to look to have another better, uh, better year next year. Probably a bit quiet by his standards, um, the standards we saw at the Pies, but he'll look to have an impact next season and have a bit more of a greater effect on the outcome of the Doggies games because he's a silky mover. He's a guy that can get out the front of the stoppage and really be damaging by foot. And we've seen it, as we saw on the weekend, he can go forward and kick goals. So I think we want to see Adam Trelaw play a bit more midfield. And I want to see him be that be that leader that he was at the Pies. And if he can show that, I think the Dogs are a good chance of going, going to the top of the mountain again, again next season. We're now just going to change stroke for a second. We're going to have a look at the NRL prelim finals on the weekend. We had the Rabbitohs playing the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Really, um, it was a real track meet for the Bunnies. They ran away with it in the end. A really smashing um, defeat for Manly. The Bunnies were really, really good, um, led by their star 5'8", Cody Walker. He was brilliant. They got some really good help from Reynolds, who came into the game just a little bit sore with a leg injury. He um, didn't kick for goal. That uh, that role was taken by Blake Taft, but Adam Reynolds played a good role, was kicking the ball um, on the field quite well. They got some really good go forward from the likes of um, Jaden Sewer and their other, other forward players. They were able to get some good go forward, and Cody Walker, he is just so dangerous in that red zone near the line, his his footwork, his ability to score, he scored a double, um, he was absolutely amazing and it'll look like he will be the man to target come grand final day as the Rabbits propel themselves into grand final um, game on Sunday. So the Rabbits, they were very good and Wayne Bennett's really coaching them well. Benji Marshall gave them something off the bench, he was really, really good and I think the game of young star back rower, one of the best back rowers in the league, Cameron Murray, he was good again, he's a guy that's really aggressive, a strong tackler, but can give really good meterage through the middle of the ground, he's a guy that will be key, he's a guy that is a little bit undersized for a second rower, but really makes up for it in his aggression, his ability to move, he's probably one of the most versatile and quick back rowers in, in the NRL, so he looked to have another impact, but again, Cody Walker, he's the, he's the main man. He's the guy that's got to lead this team, as well as Adam Reynolds, who will sweat on his fitness coming into the grand final. But from all accounts, he looks like he's ready to go and training lightly at the moment. So Wayne Bennett will be able to get him up for that contest. But it's going to be interesting to see if the Rabbits have the team to win this year. They were very impressive against Manly. But as we know with Manly, they just haven't beaten enough uh, top-end sides this season. So... It was partly probably a little bit predictable that the Bunnies got over them. But I think that the real key aspect here is the Bunnies were just really clinical, completing their sets, really um, pinning the ball in the back half of Manly's uh, field. So I think that 
if they can pull off that clinical performance again, it's going to go going to go really a long way to, to winning the premiership and, and giving Wayne Bennett the send off that he really deserves, as well as Benji Marshall, who who in maybe his last season in the NRL he might go over and play a bit of Super League in England or elsewhere. So it's going to be a real um, a real farewell grand final. But the Bunnies are right in this. They um, had some great prep against Manly really showed what they can do and it's going to be interesting if they can go all the way this year because they've got a really good team, got a really nice mix of experience and youth. Dane Gagai was impressive again and even the NRL try leader in Alex Johnston, he was good again. He's a guy that's just so dangerous on the edge and they'll look to find um, find him near the line as much as possible because he's deadly and he's, um, he's shown that over a number of seasons, his ability to get over the line. So it's going to be interesting for the Rabbits. And then if you look on the other side of the draw, we had a really, really interesting encounter between the Penrith Panthers and the Melbourne Storm. That game played at Suncourt Stadium. Um, really interesting game. Um, the Panthers did dominate most of the game, even though they weren't able to put scoreboard pressure on. They had most of the football. They were completing more sets. They were handling the ball very well. A lot better than Melbourne. Melbourne having a total of 16 errors for the game, which is very un-Melbourne like. They were really a little bit off. Um, they were really rocked early with two injuries to one, to two of their key players, with Christian Welch going off with the HIA, and we saw Brandon Smith go off with a shoulder. So two really key players to their starting side out early, um, and they really just didn't have the, the, the grunt and the grit to get through um, the, the Panthers, because the Panthers are the number one defense in the league, and they showed that. They, um, they were dogged in defence, guys like James Fisher-Harris, even guys like their halves pairing with Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary, they they defended well too. So um, I think Isaiah Yo, he really leads that that middle part of the field, strong tackler, um, make sure that the the Storm didn't really get much go forward. Um, They were able to stifle star 5'8", Cameron Munster as well. He was really off, um, looked really flustered at times. And um, many, many have suggested that the Storm may have really missed a, a calming influence like Cameron Smith. And I guess um, with the injury to Brandon Smith, Harry Grant had to play that that hooker role for most of the game and probably his youth didn't help him in their ability to really calm the team and, and, and take them around the park in a really calm and detailed manner. And I, I think if Brandon Smith had... And I think those key injuries really just unsettled the Storm's the Storm's preparation because they would have wanted Christian Welch as their starting prop, their star prop, to really give them a little bit more more grunt in attack, but also defence. Um, even though they defended well and only held and held Panthers to ten points, they just didn't have that punch. And I think if Brandon Smith played the, played the minutes that he would have been allocated during the game, I think they would have had a little bit more attacking opportunities, and they would have capitalised. I mean, Melbourne Storm have been the best team all year, 19 in a row. We know how good they are. We know how well they're coached. They just they just really didn't turn up, and, and the Panthers were clinical. Their defence, again, as I said, guys like James Fitcher-Harris, guys like Isaiah Yo, guys like Brett Naden, who's a guy you don't think of a lot. He had some impact on attack, but their, their defence as a whole was really good. Viliama Kikau was excellent as well. He he took a he took a, a uh, bench opportunity really well. Um, Tavita Pangai also really good. But yeah, they just didn't really have it. Um, a lot of 
a lot of handling errors by the Storm really hurt them and probably had a few opportunities late to, to get the equalising try, um, but didn't end up doing it and finished um, four points shy of the Panthers' lead. So I think um, the errors really came together with, with George Jennings, who, who made some drops and made some really key handling errors, not to pick out one player, but he, he was a little bit off as well. And they'll just look to keep building on the momentum that they carry throughout the season. And unfortunately, the Storm don't do this often, but they but they really stumbled at the last hurdle. And credit to Penrith, they were really clinical. Nathan Cleary, again, tremendous. Um, we know how good he is. Kicked the ball very well. Drum Luai gave some spark. And, and Brian Tottol coming back into the team, his impact was enormous. Um, going into the grand final next week against the Bunnies, I think it's going to be a really even contest. I think it's going to be under 10 points to decide the Premiers this season. Um, I think they play similar uh, footy. The Rabbits will look to really get through this ironclad, really dogged defence of Penrith. I think they've got the tools to do it, In as I said, with Cody Walker, with Adam Reynolds, with Alex Johnson. So... Um, I think that the Panthers will probably look to build a little bit more on their attack. They're going to need to score over 10 points against the Bunnies to, to, to lift the cup, I would think. So they're going to have to do that. But if their defence can hold up again, the Bunnies are really going to struggle to get over Penrith because Penrith are a team that are so well drilled. They make very little mistakes. They don't give you an opportunity to turn over their mistakes and really turn it into points. They don't give you that opportunity a lot. So the Bunnies are going to have to really rely on their in their spark players, the guys that can make a difference, to really get through and really take it to Penrith because it's going to take a big effort to score tries against the Penrith Panthers because we know how good their defence is. But I think my tip going into this grand final, I think that it'll be the Bunnies. I think it'll be the Bunnies under 10. I'm, I'm, t- I'm thinking maybe one converted try, a six-point victory to the Bunnies. I think their the emotion caught up in the bunnies around Wayne Bennett leaving, around the potential retirement of Benji Marshall, also around the players that may be leaving with the key one being Adam Reynolds going to the Brisbane Broncos next season. So there's a lot of emotion around the bunnies and I think if they can culminate that into a collective effort, I think they can get over this Penrith side. I think they can score some points. I think they can break the damn wall down. This team's got some players, and my tip is that Cody Walker is the key man. I think if he can play a good game, the Bunnies can get over Penrith. Equally, though, the Panthers, they've got the team to do it as well. It's going to be really tight. The Bunnies in a close one for me. The most important thing here is that the Bunnies make sure they go after Cleary early. They make sure that Jerome Luai doesn't get space. And they make sure they stick their tackles on their on the creative backs such as Brian Tottle and Stephen Crichton. Because those guys, when they get loose, Penrith look deadly. So for Penrith, it's going to be about scoring a few more points and keeping their defence intact. And for the Bunnies, it's going to be, let's go to those strike players, let's break through the line, and let's really take this Penrith team on um, and keep that defensive nous that they showed against Manly. But... I think the difference between the Rabbitohs and the Panthers at the moment is the Rabbitohs just have that level of attack that looks like it may be superior to any rival. 
So I think attack versus defense, I'm going to go with attack on this one because I saw how well their attack came together against Manly. The Bunnies know how to score points. They've got players that have scored points in the past. Johnston, Cody Walker, they know how to score points. But it'll come down to, uh, is their attack superior to the defense that we know that that the Penrith Panthers play week in, week out? That's going to be the really key takeaway here. And the person that wins the game will be the team that has a little bit extra attack. Make a few more line breaks. You know, have some support play. Have those breaking through the line. You know, I was really impressed last week by Blake Taft's performance in in place of Latrell Mitchell at the back at the fullback position. He looked really good. So if he can continue his form, but equally, you know, Dylan Edwards was really good for Penrith. So... There's plenty of guys. There's plenty of chess moves. The um, the major matchup obviously will be the halves combos: Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary for the Panthers, and Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker for the Bunnies. That's going to be one to see. I think Souths at the moment probably have a little bit of an edge. Um, Jerome Luai has been a little bit scratchy um, at the back end of this year, and Cody Walker has been in immaculate form this finals. Um, he was great against Manly, so it's going to be interesting. I think the I think Souths get over. Um, I think it's going to be a great send-off um, getting the win. I think Cody Walker's the key man. But don't don't discredit guys like Jane Sewer, Cam Murray, Dane Gagai. Those guys play a really pivotal role too. Those guys are strike players and they can make things happen for the Rabbitohs. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if, if the Penrith defence holds up because it obviously did against Melbourne. Melbourne the best attacking side in the comp. So if it can hold up against them... You would think and you predict that it would against the Bunnies, but the Bunnies are in a rich vein of form, so it's going to be really interesting and it's going to be a must-watch um, Sunday uh, in Queensland. You know, un- unfamiliar, untraditional um, venue at Suncorp Stadium, but it's going to be a great affair. It's going to be a huge contest, and I'm predicting a close game. I'm, predi- I'm predicting some real big hits, predicting that, pa- uh, that the Panthers come out hard, a few big hits dragging the Bunnies' ball carrier back behind the advantage line. Um, that's what they did against the Storm, and I think they're going to do that again. Um, Ivan Cleary is a good coach. Um, we've got to comment on the, on the battle of the coaches. You know, Ivan Cleary and Wayne Bennett have been, you know, in a bit of a squabble around the blocking rule. You know, um, Ivan Cleary really trying to get the refs to look at how Nathan Cleary has been treated. Wayne Bennett doesn't think that's an issue. You know, they've been going back and forth. Wayne Bennett's the master at this. Um, so it's going to be interesting how that goes. It's a real rivalry, and it's a really kind of beautiful end to the season with so many storylines. A lot of players leaving. Um, you look at that as a real kind of fairy tale grand final. I think it's going to be great, and I hope it's equally as good as I'm, I'm predicting because, you know, it's close fast, hard football is what we want to see in this grand final. And we've seen it all year and we've seen it all final series. And these teams are evenly matched and it's going to be who's got the nerve to really get through those hard times in grand finals because we know when the when the finals blowtorch comes on, some guys fold, some guys really um, lead, to, lead a charge and really don't really need to, you know, go into their shell. And Cody Walker... Guys like Dan Gagai, and obviously the Bunnies are going to miss having Latrell Mitchell there. He's their star, but I think Walker's got to be the guy. Um, he's a guy that doesn't shy away. He loves the pressure. 
he loves a big moment and he's just got to do, play his game. And um, with the steady hand of, of their veteran um, local junior, Adam Reynolds, I think the, the South Sydney Rabbitohs are going to put themselves in a great position to win this game. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be close, but an absolute must-watch. And now we're going to change codes and we're going to have a look at our NFL highlight game of the weekend of games. We've obviously got a little bit more of Monday night football to come, but we're just going to have a look at the weekend's games. And my highlight game will be the Los Angeles Rams against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is going to be a huge. Um, this was going to be a huge contest going in, and it didn't disappoint with the Rams winning 34 to 24, 10 point buffer. They were really impressive, and again, we saw a tremendous game from MVP candidate and former Detroit Lion Matthew Stafford, putting together 340 three passing yards, as well as four touchdowns thrown into the end zone. He was amazing. Um, we saw the former Patriot, Sony Michelle, have a really good game. He had 20 carries with a 67 output. He had nearly three and a half yards per carry as well. He was really impressive. We saw a game from the veteran, Deshaun Jackson, 120 yards, 40-yard average. He was really good. Only the three three receptions, but he was amazing. Cooper Cup, he's been great this season. One of the best wide receivers in the league at the moment. Nine receptions, 96 yards. Tremendous effort. On the defensive end, we saw some. Uh, we saw the usual suspects. We saw Aaron Donald grab a sack on Tom Brady, his first of his career as well. Um, it was really impressive. Jalen Ramsey, seven tackles. He was great again. He showed why his move to free safety has really taken his game to the next level. Um, one of the one of the highest paid defensive players in football. He really showed why he's one of the most incredible players in the NFL. And for the Buccaneers, just really failed to get much go forward on the ground. Um, they're only, they didn't have one rusher to have over 20 yards. They, they put everything in the air. Brady had an had an absolutely outstanding 432 yards. He threw one touchdown though, just didn't throw enough. And we saw some really big outputs by Mike Evans, um, eight receptions, 100, 106 yards. So it was a really good contest. The Buccaneers 2-1 record. The Rams go three nothing, a 3-0 start. Really impressive. But it, the 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 real narrative will be around Matthew Stafford and can he win the MVP after after playing for a new team after really being frustrated with the Lions and the LA Rams throwing the absolute kitchen sink at him to get him over. And he has really repaid the faith in the first three games, averaging over 300 yards. He's showing why his talent was, was maybe getting wasted at Detroit. And he's come over and he's been outstanding to beat the Buccaneers. Um, really impressive. And they'll look to keep building on a really impressive start to the year. The Tempo Buccaneers, they're just going to have to consolidate they're going to have to really look at their rushing uh, quadrant of players and see if they can get a little bit more output. Leonard Fournier, he need needs to have a little bit more output, only four carries. They need to have a good running game. And I think the thing about the Buccaneers, probably to start, their defense probably hasn't been putting together enough big plays. Um, only the one single sack for the for the team as well. Didn't really have um, massive gains from their usual suspects. Devin Wright, Shaquille Barrett, 
guys like Jordan Whitehead just didn't do enough, not enough tackles. Devin White's a guy who I think, and I predicted that he would explode this season. Only the four tackles um, assisted in three, but he's someone that really needs to build on a really, really good playoff run last season with the Bucks, a winning run, and he needs to elevate to another level. But the Buccaneers go 2-1. They're in a comfortable position. Probably didn't want to drop this game, but they're going to look to keep building on this. Plenty to work for. We know Brady's in great form. 432 yards, really impressive. You know, the guy's a 44-year-old player, and he's showing why he's the greatest of all time. He's putting up numbers, but he needs a little bit more help from his guys from you guys on the ground, his rushes, his running backs, and just he needs to really rely on those guys to put it put in a good performance. He can't do it all, and I think in this game he probably just trying to do a little bit too much and need a little bit help from his fellow teammates. But a lot to build on. Two months start, it, it, it works. You know, it's fine, um, and they'll look to build. Um, the Rams they're just gonna have to keep this run going. We know how good they are defensively with guys like. Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, they are just absolute bullies. They know how to play football. They know how to play well in the defensive end. And they'll look to build on a really good 3-0 start. So it's going to be good. Um, I think the Rams can win definitely 10-plus games. Um, I know the Buccaneers are going to be there. And it was just a good contest. And it was it was pretty much Matthew Stafford just putting the ball in the right spots, four touchdowns thrown, really impressive. And he he's my um, MVP pick. I think he can win it. Um, We've seen some really impressive games from the likes of Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, obviously Brady, even even a guy like Derek Carr for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's been really impressive. So the MVP race is really open, but Matthew Stafford, he's showing that he's got he had all the talent. He just needed the environment. He needed a guy like Sean McVay who can really, really, uh, really nurture him and really show him that he's backed and he can run this offense the way he wants it to be run. Um, Sean McVay knows that he's put it in Matthew Stafford's court and he's run with it he's been really impressive um, through that really nice um, 70 plus yard bomb to Deshaun Jackson um, really 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 nice Stafford can throw that deep ball he's, um, he was really mobile in the pocket um, he's, he can get out of the pocket if he needs but he can stand and deliver um, the ball's coming out nice and quick and they're really showing that there could be a threat for the Super Bowl this year. I mean, they've got a good team. The defense is solid. And can they make that next step, the uh, the LA Rams? It's going to be interesting. Um, Bucks, a lot to build on. But Rams, just too impressive. Too impressive on the night. And now we'll just uh, finish up. A really good episode. We looked at the AFL Grand Final on the weekend. Won by the D's, the drought breaker. It was so impressive. We looked at the NRL prelim finals. And we'll, we reviewed... And we forecasted what we think will happen in the NRL Grand Final this Sunday. It's going to be interesting. 